Welcome to the Venture Church Podcast. This sermon was taken from the life of the church. For more messages like this, please see our website, www.venturechurch.co.za. We hope you enjoy this message. So we are in the, in the Acts series and uh, we are walking through the book of Acts. It is very exciting. It is a great series as I love book series because we get to just just kind of walk slowly through the scriptures and see what the scripture actually says and let the scripture speak to us. And uh, we are going to do that in a moment. But before we get there, um, I just want to talk about movies. I'm so glad that uh, Francis spoke about the hammer that breaks because uh, uh, I really love movies. And uh, I, I find that, I don't know if this happens to you, but I find that, that God speaks to me through movies. I find that uh, there are pictures, there are images, that are, there, are, there are things that are captured in, in a story that, that just pictures things that, you know, you, you kind of read about in scripture, but it's like, it's like when you read it, it's, you know, like the, the movies just give like a great visual aid for, uh, for what, you know, what happens. And uh, so this morning, we are going to be playing a clip. This clip is not made by us. It was never made by us. It is, I kind of have to say this for the stream, it uh, belongs to Disney, and Disney owns the world. So uh, <laughs> it is a clip from a Marvel movie. The, mo- the movie is Thor Ragnarok. If you've seen it, if you haven't yet, it is great. Uh, well, I really enjoyed it. I don't know what your preferences are. I personally really enjoyed it. Um, a great comic uh, movie. But in, in this movie, before this clip, what has happened is Thor, who is uh, from Asgard, the, he is the god of thunder, um, and he, uh, he gets thrown out of this amazing, I don't know, rainbow technicolored thing. He gets tossed into space, ends, ends up on this planet, where he's taken prisoner. And uh, just like the movie Gladiator, he's like that. And, and that kind of sets up, um, he's, he's like this, this warrior from another place and he has to now fight in this arena with, uh, with all these, these fans and crowds and it's like a battle to the death. And he has to fight uh, his friend, or at least he thought, Hulk. And, uh, and so that's, that's where we pick this up. Oh, and before, before this, his hammer has been broken. So, so Thor... Thor's power, like he like yields this hammer called, no one actually knows how to pronounce it. It's um, that's actually the official, that's the official in there. Um, every single time they pronounce it in the movies, it's different. So, uh, so he, he wields this hammer and uh, he can call lightning down and strike his opponents. And it's very, uh, it's all fun and games. Um, so his, his, he thought that his hammer was indestructible. And uh, then his hammer gets broken. And so he's, besides the fact that he is lost on a foreign kind of garbage planet and now has to fight his way through this arena, he's lost like a part of him. Um, What he thought, where his power came from, he's lost that. And so with that, once again, I do not own this clip. (laughs) Okay, so uh, hopefully there's no spoilers in there, but uh, that was, that was... That was cool, hey? So Thor thought that his power came from his hammer, right? And the hammer that you see there is just like some weapons that were lying around the, the arena. Um, 
He, he thought that he was lost, broken. He was in a bad place. He was getting beaten up. And then all of a sudden, this power, which was in him the whole time, comes out. The key verse in Acts is, Acts 1 verse 8, you will receive power when the Spirit of the Lord comes on you, and you'll be my witnesses, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Ephesians 3 verse 20 to 21, it says, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine through his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus, forever and ever. Amen. All generations. What does that power look like? Well, I believe that that's the kind of thing that it looks like. It looks like... Being able to fight something that looks way bigger, like a man versus a Hulk. Impossible. But empowered... Those little clips that you saw when he was getting beaten is his father. I won't go in too far of that, but when you, know, when you see the father and then there's power. Okay, anyway, we're not going there. So uh, this morning we are reading Acts 3, verse 1 to 10. Uh, that is our text. It is Peter and John at the gate, beautiful. The miracle at the gate, beautiful. One day... Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. Now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple called, uh, to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold, I do not have, but what I have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Verse 11 says, While the man held on to Peter and John, all the people were astonished and came running to them in the place called Solomon's Colonnade. When Peter saw this, he said to them, he gets up and he preaches. What an incredible story. Lord Jesus, as we just spend these moments together, I pray that your Holy Spirit would stir something in us, something of, of your presence, your power. God, that you would do a stirring here this morning to see your kingdom come on earth as it already is in heaven. So one day, Peter and John were going to the temple at the time of prayer, three o'clock in the afternoon. This was an ordinary, everyday thing. This is something that happened regularly. This was 
Peter and John, they just experienced Pentecost. They had the, the roller coaster of Jesus dying, being raised again, waiting for the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gets poured out. All of a sudden, the, the worlds change. The, the church is birthed. He pre Peter pre preaches in front of 3,000 people. And then it says one day. So this could have been the next day. It could have been a week. It could have been a month later. Who knows? But it was just an ordinary day. So often we are so hung up, we get so hung up with the spiritual highs that we can forget about the everyday. We can forget about the ordinary things that God requires of us. The praying, the, the disciplines, the prayers, reading our Bible, connecting with others, going to connect group, fasting, tithing, serving. These are ordinary, everyday things that God wants us to have part of our lives. Peter and John were just going to a prayer meeting. They weren't even seeking any sort of miracle. This was just an ordinary day. This was an, an average Wednesday. And yet God orchestrated it that there was a miracle that happened. It is in the ordinary that God pitches up. So we need to trust Jesus for that. We need to trust Jesus that he pitches up in our ordinary. Romans 12 in the message says, present your, your everyday, ordinary life before God. Your eating, sleeping, going to work life before God as an offering. Now what if we take that and trust it that Jesus would move through in us and through us in our going to work, ordinary, going to work, ordinary life. Peter and John were together. <laughs> it's important to be together. It's important to be with one another. It's important to go on little missions together. It's important to be in each other's lives. The Bible doesn't, well, in this story, there are no solo heroes. It is Peter and John. And yes, Peter does the lifting, Peter does the speaking, but it is still Peter and John. They were still there together. Togetherness is important in our faith. It is very, very important. Jesus, even when he sends out the disciples to go and do things, he sends them out in twos, sends them out together. We need to be together. Too often in our faith, when we read the Bible, when the Bible is talking to groups of believers, we read the you's as me's, when actually they're you alls, y'alls. <laughs> you gotta say it with an American accent, or yella. <laughs> Yella. This <laughs> Yoni, this Yella. Afrikaans, hey? Come on. Aga. It's in our everyday, everyday, ordinary disciplines that we learn to hear God's voice. And when we can learn to hear God's voice, it's, he, it's Him that's the one that says, hey, now's the time. Now's the time. How many times had Peter and John walked past this lame man? We don't know. It doesn't say. But they were now residents of Jerusalem. They would have gone to the temple often. They would have seen this guy often. 40 years he'd been there. They would have seen him more than once. But one day, one day, we need to trust that the Lord speaks to us so that an ordinary day becomes a one day. One day I was praying in tongues and one day I drove through a bus. 
one day, one day. See, the Holy Spirit causes us to engage our world. The Holy Spirit doesn't cause us to disengage and isolate from our world. The Holy Spirit, even when the Holy Spirit has won the promise, says, you will be my witnesses. You'll get power, not so that you could be powerful, but so that you could be my witnesses. Then the Holy Spirit is poured out in Acts 2. And what happens? They come out of their upper room. They weren't like, oh, this was just such a lovely time. <laughs> they go out and talk about the glory of God. The Holy Spirit causes us to engage in our world. The Holy Spirit is for us, but the Holy Spirit causes us to reach out to others. So the lame man sees Peter and John. The lame man sees them. We need to understand that while we might feel we're anonymous, people are watching us. We look different to the world. We live different to the world. We stick out. And people watch us. People watch how you handle tough times. People watch how you go through things. People watch you at your workplace, in your family, at your school, your university. People watch you. Before they see him, he sees them. The lame man sees Peter and John. And our lives are testimonies of the goodness of Jesus. So let's walk in that. Let's trust that we can get an opportunity to speak to someone, to pray for someone, to do what they've done here. The lame man then asked for what he thought he needed. <laughs> it's nothing wrong. He, he, he's been there for 40 years. The lame man has been there for 40 years. He needs some money. All he knows is to beg for money. It's not an indictment on him that he didn't ask them for healing. Have you ever had someone knock on your door or had the robot going, please heal me? No, they're just, it's not, nothing wrong. They're just going to ask for what they know and what they need. But we need to be ready to give them what they really need. And that's Jesus. The answer is always Jesus. Just because we don't have what they ask for does not mean that we cannot give them what they need. Peter then calls attention to them. He says, look at us. He was already looking. The lame man was looking. He was looking and he asked. And then Peter says, look at us. Are we living lives that we can call attention to? Are you living a life of faith that you can call attention to? Peter, he lives in faith, he walks in faith, he talks in faith, he prays in faith, and he acts in faith. But Peter then walks in the authority of Jesus' name and steps out in a miracle. He says, silver and gold I do not have, but what I have I'll give to you in the name of Jesus. Get up and walk. And he lifts him up. Someone's miracle lies on the other side of your obedience. Someone's miracle lies on the other side of your obedience. 
Jesus walks in the authority of Jesus' name. <laughs> Last week it was mentioned as well. It's not a title when you use Jesus' name. It's not a title. There is authority. There is power. Shakespeare was wrong. <laughs> Arose by any other name. <laughs> no, Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. We see that in Philippians 2, verse 9 to 11. It says, Therefore God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven on earth and under the earth, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. There is power in the name of Jesus. And in the name of Jesus, we get to pray for healing. We get to pray for miracles. Authority in the name of Jesus comes from closeness to him. It comes from intimacy, from walking in intimacy. It is his power that heals and his power that lives in us. Which means we can step out in faith. Because I don't know if you guys have ever done any healing. I haven't. It's in Jesus' name that we heal. By Jesus' power. So that should give us confidence because it's not on you. You don't do the saving. You don't do the healing. But God does use us to step out in healing, to step out in telling people about Jesus. His power lives inside of us, just like Thor. There's so much I have to keep going. What does it look like in the spiritual? doesn't look like, oh, we're just a Christian, living a Christian. No, we walk in the power of Jesus' name. Which means we can pray. We need to trust God for miracles in our lives, in the lives that are around us. Which means you have the authority to pray for headaches, everything from headaches to heartaches. You can pray for healing. You can pray for God to move. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine. I've just read you a story from the Bible. Can you imagine that? Sure. Couldn't God do more than that? Hey, through his power that is at work within us. I've had a couple of conversations with, with peop, uh, people over the, couple of we, uh, the last couple of weeks and their understanding of God's sovereignty is like a little skewed. They've said things like, oh, you know, if God can, you know, I know God can. I know, I know that, he, that he wants to heal. Okay, cool. Yes, God heals. But 
He doesn't just have this like, ah, oh, he doesn't like roll the dice. He's not like playing Russian roulette or Ru Russian roulette, not Russian roulette, roulette. <laughs> sure, that escalated. <laughs> and uh, he's not playing roulette when it comes to healing. Like, ooh, oh, you were lucky this time. No, no, no. He wants to work through us. He wants us to step out, to trust him, to see healing. Even the Lord's Prayer, what does it say? It says, on earth as it already is in heaven. Right? So when you pray for healing, when you pray for miracles to happen, what are you doing? You're pulling heaven down. Heaven is breaking in to earth in that moment. Now to him who's able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. God wants to use us. He wants to use us. He has put us here for a reason. When you got saved, you didn't go to heaven because there's stuff for us to do. Peter didn't just leave him there on the ground after he prayed. Oh, bless you, brother. Oh, I'm just going to pray. I'm just going to oh, you know, pray, pray a blessing. I hope you get all the money you need today. No. He didn't just pray. He lifted him up onto his feet. Our compassion for those around us should lead us to be bold enough to lift them up. Faith and works. We need faith and works. We can't just pray for people. It's good that we pray for people. Please don't hear what I'm not saying. Pray for people. And pray in the moment. I'll pray for you and then forget. Jeez, a lot of my life has lived like a goldfish. That's why I often have to like, write stuff down because I'll forget. Pray for the person in the moment. And expect prayer in the moment. Hey, can you pray for me? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I'll pray. I'll put you on the, I'll pray. I'll pray for you. I'll pray for you. Don't worry. <laughs> no, now, no. Could you pray now? Like, is that okay? Can you pray now? We can't just pray. We need to also lift people up. The compassion that drives us to pray for them should be able to drive us to do something as well. James 2, verse 14 to uh, 17, the whole passages 14 to 26 it says this what good is it my brothers and sisters if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds can just can such faith save them suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food if one of you says to them go in peace keep warm and well fed as he's sarcastic eh but does nothing about their physical needs what good is it in the same way faith by itself if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. Verse 24 says, You see that a person is considered righteous by what they do and not by faith alone. Verse 26 says, As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. Strong words. Let us hear it, church. Let us be a church, not just of words and of faith, but of action as well. The lame man went into the temple. <laughs> this was not a small thing. This was not a small thing. We read it like, oh, he just, then he went into the temple. 
He had been lame from birth, and in fact, his disability had disqualified him from getting close, from getting close to God. Leviticus 21, verse 16 to 23, says this, The Lord said to Moses, Say to Aaron, For the generations to come, none of your descendants who has a defect may come near to offer the food to, of his God. No man who has any defect may come near. No man who is blind or lame, disfigured or deformed. No man with a crippled foot or hand or who is a hunchback or a dwarf or who has an eye defect or who has a festering or running sores or damaged testicles. No descendant of Aaron the priest who has any defect is to come near to present the food offerings to the Lord. He has a defect. He must not come to offer the food of his God. He may eat the most holy food of his God as well as the holy food. Yet because of his defect, he, may, he must not go near the curtain or approach the altar and so desecrate my sanctuary. I am the Lord who makes them holy. This is a big deal. He was healed and then he could enter the temple. It was his, his disability, the thing that had marked him, that disqualified him from the presence of God. And Jesus changed all that. And he can do that this morning as well. He can change that. Any disability, physical, emotional, he can bring healing and bring you close back into his presence. Too often we can disqualify ourselves even. We can sit on the mat. No, it's okay, Peter, I'll just hang out here. I'll just stay far. It's safe here when Jesus actually wants to bring healing to change your lives. How old were these guys? Have you ever asked yourselves this? How, how old was, were they? In Acts 4 verse 22, it says, for the man who was miraculously healed, oh, sorry, for the man who was miraculously healed was over 40 years old. He was over 40 years old. He had the, the ailment for over 40 years and he had been begging there for probably most of that. The disciples, how old were they? Well, schooling kind of ended at about 15 if you were like good enough, but you could have actually been apprenticing already from about 12. They would have been married by 18. There was a, a special tax, like a temple tax that was paid for those who were older than 20. Jesus started his ministry when he was 30. He was then crucified 33. And it was only Peter who is said to be married because they spend time in um, his mother-in-law's house. And then he paid taxes. Jesus says to, to Peter, go and get, uh, go fish. And in the fish, there'll be a coin and that'll pay the, the taxes for you and me. So only they were older than 20. Everyone else out of the disciples were not older than 20. Right? You can, you, you've got to work backwards because scripture, unfortunately, isn't clear. It wasn't like Peter was this age, John was this age. 
John is said to be the youngest disciple, so he could have been anything from um, 12 when he was called. Yeah, it's possible. So I, I just want to give you a picture of, of this. So uh, are, there any, are there any old people here? No, John, John, could you come? <laughs> John and Ben and Brandon. So uh, if, if this could be a maskless situation, um, make sure that we... Uh... So Ben is coming. Come, Ben, come. Don't be scared. Just come. Just come. It's okay. So, yeah, take, maybe take your... All the way down so we can see your gray hair. John is... Unfortunately, John is not gray, which is fantastic for him. I'm so stoked. John is... John is... Wait, John, how old are you? 25. Forty-five. How many kids do you have? Two. And uh, how long have you been married? Nineteen years. Nineteen years. Hey, very cool. Very cool. Forty-five. So John represents the lame man. <laughs> the healed lame man. Ben, how old are you? I'm twenty. Twenty. How how many kids do you have? None, thankfully. <laughs> How long have you been married? I haven't been. <laughs> haven't been. Single man here, guys. Single man. All right. On display. Yeah. Brandon, take off your mask. Take off your mask. Can we just see you? Don't be scared. There's it. How, how old are you? Fifteen. Fifteen. And uh, how many kids do you have? None. <laughs> how long have you been married? Not married. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Peter, John, and the lame man. Right? Peter, John, and the lame man. John, thank you. I'm going to send you back. But I just want these two guys. If you guys could just stand here. Just, so that, just stand here. I just want to get you, give you a picture of what this looked like. Right? In, in Acts 4, verse 13, it says, When they saw, this is the Sanhedrin, the guys who were the ruling party at the time, or the, the, the rulers, at the time, the temple rulers, they said, when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. These men started a revolution. These men stood up to the, the authorities at the time. It's like parliament bringing in these guys and going, you need to stop talking about Jesus. And them standing up and saying, there's no way that we're going to stop talking about Jesus because he is Lord and Savior and he has filled me with his spirit and we will walk in what he has called us to. These guys. So what's our excuse? Thank you, guys. Thank you. Can you give them a, a round of applause? And also, John, thanks, man. I just wanted to show that to you because as a, as a point of encouragement and challenge, Peter and John had walked with Jesus for only three years. Only three years. And then they're stepping out into these crazy miracles that we read about, and we're like, Yo, one day, Lord, no, now. 
Today is one day. Thank you, Nikki. He's put his spirit in us, and he trusts us to continue to bring his kingdom down and to expand his kingdom here on earth, on earth as it is in heaven. This morning, I'm trusting that there is a stirring in us for more of God, a stirring in us to step out, to trust him for miracles. So there are, there are two things that we're going to do this morning. We're going to pray for a stirring. We're going to pray that God moves us. And we're going to pray for those disabilities, for those things that are keeping you from stepping into all that God has for him, for you. I don't know what those are, but you know. You know what's been holding you back, what's been keeping you on the mat, not in walking into the presence, into the temple, into the fullness of what God has. So, can we stand? If you could close your eyes. Lord Jesus, we just come to you right now. We ask. Firstly, we thank you for your goodness towards us. We thank you that you came to us when no one else could or would. God, you made a way for us to know you, not only to know you, but to house your presence, that same spirit that hovered over the waters of the deep, that raised Christ from the dead, lives inside of us, God. And I thank you that you made that possible. It's only by your work. But God, right now, I pray that you would start to stir us Move in us, Holy Spirit, that we would walk in power, not for ourselves, but for, to be your witnesses. And God, that we would step out and that we would see miracles happen. That could be as big as seeing someone walk out of a wheelchair. That could be as small as praying for a car to start. God, I pray that you would cause your Holy Spirit to help us engage with our world, to be able to hear your voice and step out in order to see you get the glory in people's lives. God, I thank you that you've placed us around people who have disqualified themselves. You've placed us around people who are walking with disability. You've placed us around them in order to see a miracle in their lives. So God, I pray that we would recognize your voice. We would recognize when you are doing something in our ordinary and we would step into that in order to see a miracle. Can I ask that you do something a little weird? Can you lay hands on yourself? 
Holy Spirit, right now, I pray that you would stir within each and every one of us. Stir in us, God. Do something that you only you can do. Give us courage, give us boldness, give us opportunity. Right now, Holy Spirit, Peter and John were ordinary, unschooled fishermen. Their only qualification was that they were with Jesus. So God, I pray that right now, even now, you would give us a hunger for your presence, a hunger for your spirit, a hunger to spend time with you, to read your word, God, to connect with others. God, I pray for just an incredible hunger to be birthed deep inside of us, that your spirit would move us. Your spirit would move us. Holy King. While your eyes are closed, I want to invite, if you, if you have a physical disability, if you have something physical, a physical ailment that is keeping you from walking in wholeness, I want you to be bold enough to come, come to the front. If you have something that is, you know is not right for you and Jesus, I want you to also come to the front. It could be anything. It could be anything. It could be anything from an addiction to depression. Something holding you back from what God has for you. It's blocking you from entering into the temple. So right now, I would like you to come out so we can pray for you. So we can trust that God would do what only he can do. If that is you, come to the front. If there's anything physical, anything else that is stopping you from coming into God's presence. We want to trust for miracles in this place so that we can trust for miracles outside. Thank you for listening to this sermon. We would love to know how this message spoke to you. Please connect with us through our website, www.venturechurch.co.za or through our various social channels. 